0: And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Tuesday, January 12th. Boy, we have an interesting one on our hands. FanDuel already cut the Miami-Philadelphia game. DraftKings is keeping it, at least for now, since it's still a game. That should be fun to keep our eyes on for the rest of the day. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by the boss man himself, Alex Baker. Alex, how are you? Good, man. These
1: uh, NBA games are getting wild and wilder and wilder these days. So, I mean, we had the big 76ers showdown where they only had six guys. That was pretty much the pinnacle of COVID NBA. Now we got the heat that like all of their main guys, uh, uh, a lot of their main guys are out. So that one should be a, a lot of fun to kind of pick some guys that we don't normally roster. But then Fanduel didn't have it on the slate. So uh, we'll have to come up with something else in there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be nuts. Here's a question for you, and I know this is totally hypothetical. Do you think we end up seeing that game today, given the, guy, the amount of guys that are out for both Philly and for Miami? Well, the uh, 76ers are actually like pretty
1: healthy right now, where Ben Simmons is coming back tonight. I mean, with Ben Simmons and MB, that's a good NBA team. So it would be kind of BS if they canceled this game because the Sixers were on the losing end of – the covid stuff and then if like finally they get the good matchup where they're healthier than the other team is canceled like that'd be kind of bs so i hope the game gets played
0: yeah now you and me both i have been predominantly playing on fanduel and it's not there so i whether it exists or not i'm relatively indifferent <laughs> so that's the perfect stance for me to take as you guys get in the door Please be sure to hit that like button. It helps us out a ton. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Uh, we're going to break down all six games on the slate today. Five for FanDuel, obviously. Six for DraftKings. And we should have plenty of time to do so. Luckily, this is just a six-gamer. Tomorrow, we're back up to 10 again, so we have to fly through it. But I don't know about you, but I'm ready to dive in. So, righty. We are kicking it off with the Miami Heat at the Philadelphia 76ers. And this is the first part that surprised me. And I want to go ahead and see if this line has updated at all, because what is listed was not exactly what I was expecting it to be. So yeah, it has moved a little bit further. Uh looks like we're somewhere in the neighborhood of Sixers minus five and a half Sixers minus six. Um, I had originally seen minus four and that felt pretty low given uh, the current scenario. So let's call it Sixers minus six, 209 total. God, i am I better off telling you guys who is in for the Heat or who is out for the Heat? Because currently it's pretty much 50-50, depending on uh, where you're looking. So I guess it's going to be easier to say who is not going to be playing for the Miami Heat. No Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo, no Goran Dragic, no Avery Bradley, no KZ Akpala, no Mo Harkless, no Kendrick Nunn, and uh, hilariously, no Udonis Haslam. (laughs) Kelly Olenek is probable. Myers Leonard is questionable. That's an interesting piece. And then Gabe Vincent also probable. So we have the actives of Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Precious Achua, Andre Iguodala, looks like Myers Leonard, Max Struess? I don't know. (laughs) Chris Silva and Gabe Vincent. So let's start on the Miami side. Who's not in play for you right now? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I I think
1: I'd only play the guys that are normally in the rotation. Um, So those would be Duncan Robinson, uh, Hero Iguodala, and Precious Achua. Although now that I'm looking at a little bit more, I think, the most interesting position on Miami is the center position. There's okay. two guys on the team that don't really shoot threes. Those are Chris Silva and Precious Achua. Given their limited uh, personnel today, I wouldn't be surprised if those two split 48, where Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk are at the four, splitting that 48 minutes. Because Precious Achua and Chris Silva are both basically the minimum price on DraftKings, that's pretty interesting. So yeah. how, how are you feeling about Precious?
0: I mean, for 3100 on DraftKings, it, like... Even the most pessimistic minutes projection here is probably going to make him one of the better values on the slate. He's a guy that's actually in their rotation when everyone is healthy. Um, So uh, you don't expect anything less than his normal minutes. He has the ability to soak up a ton if need be, or if like Myers Leonard happens to be out something along those lines, that's just one other body that wouldn't be there. So uh, I don't have too much to add. I have him projected like incredibly pessimistically. And he still looks like the best value on the slate from DraftKings. So uh, I think that he is the pretty clear no-brainer. And based on our public ownership projections, it seems like everybody is in lockstep. Currently, Precious Achua projected for north of 70% ownership on DK. And I don't really have much to add there. But Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, I, I think you can you know feel free to jam those guys in accordingly. I'm giving them massive minutes. I expect... Huge usage out of someone like Tyler Hero, the guy that I want to get your thoughts on. We're talking a lot about Precious Atua, at seventy-one percent ownership. What do you think about Gabe Vincent at the Flat Men? <laughs> well, I mean, I
1: probably <laughs> like Gabe Vincent. as he? Uh, Oh, maybe I'll I'll throw this back to you because why are we talking about Gabe Vincent? I mean, he's a guy that doesn't really play and it's not like they don't have enough starters. So what are you expecting to happen with Gabe Vincent?
0: Well, I'm a little nervous about the big man minutes. And I think that that might lend Gabe Vincent to have to play a little bit more. Um, I think he can play in the mid twenties today at the flat min. And the more interesting piece I think is what happens if this game ends up getting out of hand. Uh, trying to figure out who could potentially be the five guys that are on the floor for a fourth quarter that goes awry. I think Gabe Vincent is quite certainly one of those people. Uh, If this one is not good late, um, Gabe Vincent should soak up a bit of time, but I think they need him one way or the other. I don't want to go too crazy on him because we're projecting him for 4% ownership. So even if I have a bit of a lean there, I don't have to get too wild on a slate like this. I'm happy to go to hero Olenek, Robinson, Achua, Andre Iguodala is a guy that I don't trust in a scenario like this. Uh, Doesn't strike me as a spot where they're just going to throw minutes at him aggressively in a game where they're down multiple rotation people. He's just old and his body's not ready for that sort of stuff. It's not the playoffs. That's not when you beat Andre Iguodala into the ground. I think I like Vincent the most out of like the max, however you say his last name, Chris Silva, like the bottom of this nine man rotation. I don't know. Honestly, it's a shrug of the shoulders. It's not like this guy has a huge history in the NBA. Yeah, I mean,
1: nine men isn't that low, but I think uh, you're hitting on a good point, which is that in a nine-man rotation, the guys playing garbage time are going to be the same guys who are in the rotation. So usually that's not the case where a guy who's playable in fantasy is going to be on the court in blowouts, aside from maybe a few rookies. So... It does bolster like confidence in some of these guys. Now the Vegas line—they're suggesting this game could be a little bit closer than we're expecting here, and I kind of see that because Tyler Hero has kind of emerged as a solid player. Duncan Robinson, a very solid NBA player, and Andre Iguodala and Kelly Olynyk are, are the solid rotational players. So, like I think most of the minutes will be pretty competent NBA minutes. But um the the prices on these guys are all real low because these guys are getting thrust in the bigger roles. So it's really if you need a little value, I don't hate just taking anyone on the heat with the exception of mass max stress.
0: <laughs> the thing that's making me nervous, honestly, is that line. If Ben Simmons and Joel and Beat are playing and I guess Tyler Hero is the best guy playing for the Heat, although it's probably Kelly Olenek if I'm being wrong. I'm Honestly, it's Duncan Robinson, but he is not a guy that can drive an offense on his own. Um, I don't understand why the line is as low as it is. Uh, I think that they should, this game is in Philadelphia. If it were in Miami and Sixers for five-and-a-half-point favorites, I think that would make a little bit more sense. So I'm a little bit wary of this one. I feel like there's another shoe to drop somehow, or I think that line moves to Sixers minus seven or eight just because – I mean, we're talking about Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, two guys that are all NBA-caliber talents. Um, there's not an all-star on the Miami roster right now, so I'm a little nervous there. Let's talk about the Philly side. Uh, Embiid didn't get a ton of playing time last night in this same sort of scenario. We should see Ben Simmons back. I'm going to go right back to Joel Embiid, but I'm not overly enamored. We're projecting him for uh, high 20s in ownership. I think that looks about right Uh, The guy that I want to go straight back to is Tyrese Maxey. I still think that he's going to see big minutes, even if Ben Simmons is back. I assume Maxey is still a starter, a closer in this scenario, and just going to play like a normal starter's run. How do you feel about Embiid? How do you feel about Maxey and, I guess, Ben Simmons? Yeah, I think um, last night
1: was kind of disappointing for for everyone who played the Sixers because – Embiid was like absolutely on fire but then they couldn't stay in the game and he didn't get any fourth quarter minutes. The rotation they used was very unusual where Dwight Howard was playing center when Embiid was playing the power forward or I mean vice versa. So like, I I guess <laughs> Howard doesn't really shoot so that's why I'm classifying them like that. Um which was a shock to a lot of us because uh, in the previous game, Dwight Howard and Tony Bradley didn't play at all together. So um, that really undermined any chance of success for some of the, the uh, value yesterday. But now that we have Ben Simmons back, it's a new day. Um, so I think Embiid is still in a spot to, to overperform his uh, normal numbers because of Tobias Harris being out. So if we're looking at this lineup, Tobias Harris is probably getting replaced by Tyrese Maxey, at at least partially in minutes or in the starting lineup. I guess that's not really that big a a difference in usage. And then Mm -hmm. then Seth Curry, um, I guess, who are we projecting as starting this game? We got Simmons Green and Harris, or Embiid for sure. And then maybe Maxie, who would be the fifth
0: starter, do you think? If Mike Scott can go, it's probably Mike Scott. Um, That would make the most sense to me. I think the fifth guy here is pretty fungible. Um, They can kind of just pick whoever they want at that point in time. That fifth guy is not going to be – the fifth guy is going to be the fifth option in that starting lineup, one way or the other. So – I think they kind of make it fit. I don't know what Mike Scott's health is going to be coming out of that. He was not able to play on Saturday because he was injured. Did play 22 and a half minutes yesterday. So we're coming back on a back-to-back. I don't know what his availability is going to be. But ex I think he's first in line to start. And at this point, now that he's 3,800 and not the flat minimum, I'm not very interested in Mike Scott. I don't think that there's minutes upside there at all. Yeah, I mean the importance of Mike Scott is really the effect he'll have
1: on the rest of the team because he doesn't really do anything in fantasy. He doesn't get assists or shoot, um, or really rebound the ball particularly well. So those are all stats that are gonna to go to MB Simmons and to a lesser extent the other guys. I agree with Mike Scott's probably gonna start. Um he just had a knee bruise. That's why he was out two games ago. So I mean like, it's hard to know the severity of that, but, like, I wouldn't expect him to be super limited just based on knee contusions. So, he's a little bit older, but uh, maybe, like, 25 minutes or whatever. And then the uh, – I think the, today's a lot easier because you don't have to go to guys like Dakota Mathias, Isaiah <laughs> Joe, Paul Reed, etc.
0: Uh Did you get bit by the Danny Green bug yesterday?
1: the oh 0 for 9 from the field. Yeah, I mean – The minutes were like crazy two games ago. So it it seemed evident that Philly was going to run him out like 35 minutes in a close game. He played like, uh, it looks like he played 21 first half minutes. So if he continues getting minutes like that, I mean, it'll probably be a little bit lower than that. But if he's going to go from playing 26 minutes a game to
0: 35 minutes a game, he looks like a pretty nice value Yeah, I I wouldn't read too much into the 0-9 shooting. That's just not great luck, and that game got out of hand, and you're not going to try to shoot your way out of it when you're down by 30 or whatever the line was there, or whatever the uh, score was there. Uh, How are you feeling about Ben Simmons in this return? 8,900 on DraftKings. Um, We have him projected right around 10% ownership. That seems about right to me. I don't have much really to add. Um, If he's healthy and he can go, clearly Ben Simmons is a viable DFS play. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Those guys being out, but the price is a little bit higher than we're used to, and they're going up against Miami. This game, the over-under is extremely low. Um, it looks like we got an uh, over-under of 209 right now, and that... Uh, that indicates this matchup really isn't going to be that good. It'll probably be pretty slow paced with a lot of these guys who don't usually play minutes. So I'm not really landing on a ton of Ben Simmons, but he seems like a guy like at first glance you'd want to have with some of these injuries. So are you going to take some shots?
0: Yeah, I think the guys that I'm looking at from Philly, Embiid, Maxie, Simmons, kind of a no brainer, Danny Green, because he's the one of the few real NBA players that are going to play a bunch of minutes for Philly. And then uh, Dakota Mathias is still grading out pretty well for me. played 39 minutes yesterday, played 41 in the game on Saturday. I didn't give him 39 or 41. I gave him significantly less than that, but at 3,900, I think that's still like a shot, but not a guy that I would want a lot of exposure to just sort of the best of all of those randos at the bottom is probably Mathias for me. Nice. I don't have anything else on this Miami-Philly game, but I will tell everybody to keep your eyes peeled throughout the day to make sure that this one stays on the DraftKings slate. And for the people that are playing on FanDuel tonight, congratulations. You don't have to worry about it at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the nice thing is if it gets postponed, we'll have an extra 30 minutes to set our rosters, so it shouldn't be a big deal.
0: Uh, and I guess keep an eye on this. I'm assuming we're going live 5 to 6 and 6 to 7 if this Miami Philly game gets scrapped. I assume we bump every show a half hour and we go 5:30, 6:30, 6:30, 7:30. So keep your eyes peeled and get ready, buckle up. Live Before Lock going the extra half hour today. Uh Spags and Nerdass Greg are going to be talking a little jock market after Lock, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, they are the new sponsor of the Deeper Dive and of Live Before Lock. So we're going to be digging into some jock market ipos tonight post lock <laughs> awesome. right, let's move on oh go ahead
1: yeah i'm looking forward to to buying some shares especially uh if they have this heat game like you might see some surprising names like precious achua yeah
0: you can get in get in on the ground floor if only we, uh, like, he's he would be like a sort of penny stock that booms. Yeah. I wonder if we know anybody that deals in penny stocks. We only know the people that <laughs> deal in penny stocks and fail. Anyway, Denver Nuggets <laughs> at the Brooklyn Nets. Nets slight favorites, 229 total. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets will be, once again, without Kyrie Irving for reasons undisclosed. I guess we need to talk about it a little bit. There's been a little bit of a Reddit thread popping up that uh, Kyrie is – Throwing parties for his sister's 30th birthday. He's hanging out with Drake. uh, Doing these parties sans a mask. Not getting into this politically, but that doesn't seem like something you should be doing if you are in an active NBA season, but I guess the truth will come out at some point. Let us start on the Denver side. Uh, These guys are uh, at full strength, minus Michael Porter Jr., who is in quarantine again. Uh, Jokic, Murray, Barton all getting a little bit of love. Jokic, the most owned guy across FanDuel and DraftKings. Does anybody stand out to you from Denver?
1: So with uh, Porter out, I mean, we pretty much know what to expect. But, uh, I mean, Jokic himself stands out a lot. He's been racking up a ton of assists lately. Although I do see over the last five games – his assist percentage is closer to last year's uh, than this year's, so I'm kind of wondering, is that some sort of anomaly? But his, his usage also is up, so that it seems like the Jokic this year is just a better fantasy player than last year. so he's always a stud to look at, especially uh, Brooklyn's team that are running out isn't the best on the defensive end. That's why um, they're one-point dogs here. So I think Jokic is solid. Um, The other guy that's really jumping out to me in price is Jermichael Green with Mm -hmm. Porter out. He's kind of doing a little bit of backup power forward, a little bit of backup center. So that's equaled about 22 minutes a game over the last five. And his usage is is like, he's like a different player than last year because last year he was at 13% usage. So far this year, he's at 22%. I mean, this has been a pretty decent sample of games, so I'm expecting him to be a pretty solid fantasy producer. So what are you expecting out of Michael Green on this new team?
0: He's a tricky guy for me because I'm not entirely sure that he has any minutes upside, which is sort of okay on a slate of this size, uh, particularly on FanDuel since you're only sifting through five games. Um I think that he's a more than viable value option today. It just gets a little tricky for me just because he's 4,300 on FanDuel, uh, 4,300 as well on DraftKings. If I need to get to him, I just think that we might see better options at that salary tier that have the ability to play like 30 plus minutes today. And I don't really think that Jermichael Green is going to be playing much more than 22 minutes unless Nicole Jokic is like on four fouls in the first quarter or something along those lines and even then uh, like it might even go to Isaiah Hartenstein.
1: The nice thing is he, he's backing up Millsap right now and Millsap has averaged only 24 minutes a game so that really um, that really does give a little bit of minutes upside where like Jermichael Green if he's playing well I like, could even get more than that
0: Oh, yeah, he did come in earlier now,
1: straight for Millsap. Yeah, Hardenstein's back in the rotation as the backup center right now. I don't know if uh, he'll necessarily play every second half, but we could see Jamichael Green play the backup to Jokic in a smaller lineup, but uh, there's definitely paths to him getting there.
0: I I like that call a little bit more now, now that he's backing up uh, Millsap at the four. Because when they first – brought him back into the rotation. He was the direct backup then where they took Hartenstein out of the rotation and they were using Jermichael Green. looks like they're not going that direction anymore. Good eye there, boss. Um, So I do like that a little bit more than I did previously. Anybody else here for Denver? Uh, Will Barton's been getting a lot of ownership lately. I haven't really seen that or been there, so I'm hoping that he continues to just be relatively pedestrian. Uh, Jamal Murray is a guy that I'm waiting to wake up, but doesn't appear to be doing so usage down a little bit, assist rate down a little bit. I assume because Jokic is handling more of the ball. Any of those guys, uh, popping for you. Prices are a little bit expensive on Denver
1: today, but, um, I, I mentioned how I like Joe Michael Green. I also kind of like Millsap or if he's playing real well, there's a path to bigger minutes. Um, So I think there's a lot lot of volatility in the minute split between those two guys. But uh, between the other guys, I mean, I'm not seeing a ton of good prices. Uh, Will Barton's been a little bit disappointing in the starting lineup where he's only averaged about 28 minutes a game over the last five. Um, Monty Morris has been a guy off the bench. That's gotten some pretty good run at times, but his price has gone up a little bit. And Jamal Murray, his assist numbers are down a lot this year, Um, as well as the usage being down, corresponding to Jokic, just having a bigger role and facilitating. So I'm not really on him today.
0: On the Brooklyn side, we've got Karis Levert, 7,900 on FanDuel, 7,600 on DraftKings. I think he looks pretty good on both sites. Kevin Durant is 10,100 on FanDuel, 9,400 on DK another guy that I think looks pretty good on both sites. They would be the two guys soaking up the most interest from me. Uh, Maybe a little bit of Joe Harris, maybe a little bit of Jared Allen, Uh, Joe Harris, 5,400 on DraftKings. I'm not sure I love all that much, but 4,900 on FanDuel stands out just from the way that you need to roster these guys. And then you just get into these, this bench area where it's, Steve Nash has been running very like rigid rotations. You get the starters out, you have this other five man unit come in and then you get the starters coming back in and it's been pretty cut and dry. So I don't have a ton of interest in TLC or, I mean, Jeff green is starting. I don't know if he would close. That would be interesting, but Torian Prince, Deandre Jordan, Shamit. I don't really want any of these guys. So I guess talk to me a little bit about Lavert and Durant. And then if you see any value elsewhere.
1: Yeah, well, Kyrie's out partying, I guess. So these guys should see their roles be pretty solid on the team. Uh, Wilbert has been balling as far as fantasy. His uh, actual performance this year hasn't been quite as good. His true shooting is only 51%. So you have a really high usage guy that doesn't make shots. That's not a great recipe for winning. But uh, for fantasy, we got to love it, especially last game. Uh, where he started in place of Kyrie Irving and he played big minutes. Uh, so he, he was at 35 minutes. He got pulled in the last two because of a blowout. So that tells us he could play 36 minutes in a post game. And uh, I think that given how much uh, he does scoring the ball and getting assists, he looks like a nice play. And Kevin Durant should also get a bump Kyrie out in usage. He played the same amount. He played more minutes than Karras the other night 37 with two minutes left. So um, it's clear they're trying to get him out there more now that the team is a little bit thinner.
0: Got a comment in YouTube chat. Steve Nash seems lost as a coach right now. Nash is a horrible coach. The Brooklyn Nets have played multiple games without their main star, Kyrie Irving, multiple games without their other main star, Kevin Durant. One of their other starters lost for the season immediately. The Brooklyn Nets have the fourth best net rating in basketball on a top 10 offense and top 10 defense. I'm not entirely sure what uh, Steve Nash is supposed to be doing in order to make that better. Don't pay just don't pay close attention to wins and losses. They are playing like an elite team and they have been through the ringer so far this season. They're going to be fine. I promise. Well, unless Kyrie decides that he's going to give up basketball to make pottery or something who knows. Uh, do we have anybody else? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do with this Nets team. How do you think they're handling the backup point guard spot? I don't necessarily think that it matters all that much from a DFS perspective, but we saw Bruce Brown get a very limited uh, run in, it was either late first quarter or early second quarter, played five minutes. I don't get the sense that they're going to be going to Bruce Brown here. I think that maybe Chris Chiosa can see a little bit of ball handling duties because they don't really have a second unit creative source at least not, like, a true point guard. Um, do, you, are, do you have any, like, interest in something like that? Or are you, are you expecting Bruce Brown to just stay in, the, uh, like, the side of the rotation, so to speak?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, Bruce Brown only played five minutes last game, and Chris Chiazza didn't play at all. So, it's what, yeah. like, what happened was when Karis silver came out, K- KD was playing point forward for about um, – two and a half minutes. Then KD subbed out. They brought on Bruce Brown. Um, but then, like, for after Bruce Brown subbed out, they, like, still didn't have a point guard on the floor. That Harris, TLC, and Shamit as guards. So that was a little bit of a surprising rotation. So do you think we see some of the assist numbers for, for some of these guys that aren't normally
0: facilitating go up a bit? Uh, no. I, may, I mean, like in theory, yes, but like maybe they just can't <laughs> is the, sort of the problem. I just don't know who's going to be able to do it. Uh, I guess that's Steve Nash's problem to figure well, out. In the in the second half where
1: they didn't play a backup point guard, they had K, KD and Karras on the court, uh, at least one of the two the whole quarter. So yeah. I think what we're going to see is KD's assist numbers are going to go up because he's playing without a point guard
0: for about eight minutes a game yeah if if I mean it just seems to me that one of these guys needs to play three rotations instead of two and they need to have one of those two guys on the floor at all times if um obviously Dinwiddie out if Kyrie is going to be gone I think you need to stagger Durant and Levert a little bit more uh, what do I know though anything else from Denver and Brooklyn yeah,
1: actually, that is what they did in the second half. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if they stick with that this game for the whole game or if they bring in Chioza or Bruce Brown at backup point guard. So we keep an eye on that. They could have some fancy implications. But, uh, yeah, Katie and Karis are the main guys. But I, I feel like we got to talk about Jared Allen a little bit because sure. he's been getting a ton of minutes recently. Um, the price has gone up. But, uh, I mean, he's averaged 30 minutes over the last five, which was really surprising given he started the season as a backup. That was when Jeff Green was closing over him. So, uh, Jeff Green, they haven't used that as a center recently. So, that's given more minutes to Jared Allen and DeAndre
0: Jordan. So, do you have any interest in Allen? A little bit. Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, I think he's pretty much priced where he should be for the role that he has now. Although I think that there is at least a little bit of minutes upside potentially. I just don't know what they're going to do there. Um, you know, they want to give Deandre Jordan minutes. It doesn't look like it matters all that much right now, but uh, since he's boys with KD and Kyrie, he sort of gets like grandfather into a rotation spot and he's fine as a backup center, but this is okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is how it should be. It should be Jared Allen playing 30 to 34 minutes and DeAndre Jordan playing whatever is left. Um, I think Allen is a guy that I would want to have. He's like a ten percenter to me today. Yes. Nice. All right, let's keep it moving. Ooh, this this one should be a blast. The Utah Jazz at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Jazz are nine and a half point favorites. Very low total. Utah could be without Joe Ingalls. He is questionable. Um, that would be one of the few things that could make Utah like legitimately interesting from a fantasy perspective if one of these guys goes away. On the Cleveland side. I assume Colin Sexton will be named the starter at 650 and be scratched at 658. Um, that seems <laughs> to be the way that this works. Let's start on Utah where Donovan Mitchell at 7,800 looks like a pretty nice value, especially for the position. If you're getting to Rudy Gobert or Mike Conley, I think that's fine on DraftKings, I think that the jazz just looks sort of terrible clear across the board. I think we need to see Joe Engels be out to make anything in Utah look like truly good outside of Mitchell on FanDuel. What is your stance on the jazz? Yeah, I think uh, this game
1: probably isn't going to be very exciting. For fantasy, it's 2 5 over-under, so I think you're right. We do need a little bit of injury uh, situation to make it more appealing. Uh, when Joe Ingles was out, Jordan Clarkson played 35 minutes. I mean, that shows the upside, but if he's not making shots, I don't think he'd play that much, but still intriguing for fantasy. Um that'd be the main guy that'd be impacted there. But um, besides that, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, those are all solid fantasy producers. It just doesn't look like uh, they're the most appealing options today.
0: Yeah. That's, I, I think Utah is probably my least favorite team on DraftKings and outside of Mitchell and Gobert just being like good NBA players that are always sort of in play. I don't really have a ton of interest here. It's going to take Joe Ingles being out for me to have some interest in anything that's going on in Utah. (sighs) And then we got to talk about Cleveland. This team is super weird. So I'm assuming Colin Sexton plays. Darius Garland is questionable. I'm assuming Darius Garland is out until he's not. Uh, We know Kevin Love isn't available. Yogi Ferrell was signed with a hardship exemption. He did see the floor yesterday. It was yesterday, right? All the days are the same anymore. Um, we still got Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade getting minutes. I think the best options of the day would be Andre Drummond, 9,800 on FanDuel, 9,100 on DraftKings. Usage is up. Every, I mean, honestly, everything is up for Drummond This so far for Cleveland. He's looked really good. I'm, I'm happy to go that direction. I think Chetty is viable on FanDuel at 5,100, a bit less so at 6K on DraftKings. Um, And then Isaac Okoro is the flat minimum on FanDuel, 3,500. He has been uh, less than stellar from a fantasy perspective, but playing an absolute monstrous amount of minutes. That's a guy that I'm willing to pay down for if there's a large concentration of pay down options on the FanDuel side that are getting ownership because it doesn't appear that Okoro is. And then I don't necessarily think I want Colin Sexton in his first game back. I don't know if they're going to play him that same sort of like 37, 38 type minutes uh, coming off of multiple games out for the ankle injury. I'm just going to throw it to you pretty broadly. What stands out to you from the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think Drummond
1: and McGee really stand out to me. Uh, I mean, Drummond, he saw about his minutes kind of like fluctuate all over the place to start the year, but more recently – they've been up because they've been playing McGee at power forward while Drummond is playing. So um, McGee's role on this team has been way different this year than it was ever uh, on previous teams where he, he, he's jacking up a ton of shots. His usage is like 24% and he's getting a ton of rebounds, just like a really intriguing boom bust option in fantasy. Um, And then Drummond, I mean, his. He's always been an amazing fantasy player. I think he's double-doubled in pretty much every game this year, which has been incredible. Uh, playing up to 36 minutes uh, in close games. So you got to love that. He uh, he also should pick up extra assists with Gar- Garland out um, because he is one of the main facilitators
0: on the Cavs. Talk to me about my Isaac Okoro shout uh, on FanDuel. Are you interested in flatman Isaac Okoro playing... I don't know, 34
1: to 40 minutes today. Uh, Isaac Okoro seems to be the new Tony Snell, where he's on the court a ton, but he hasn't really done much. So his uh, usage is 12% so far this season. And uh, I got to update this turnover, right? uh, Okay, so he um, doesn't rebound. He's only had a 3% rebounding rate he doesn't get assists only 7% and the steal and block numbers haven't been remarkable either. So I don't know what, I mean, it could be just like a really slow start to the year for a rookie, but it appears he's just a three and D guy like that in his purest form.
0: Yeah. I think he might just be a D guy. Uh, we got to <laughs> see if that three can show up at some point in time. Yeah. It's not something I'm excited about, but I I can't ignore him given the amount of playing time he's had. He played 40 minutes yesterday. He played 39.3 two two games previous, sandwiched in with a 34 there. If a lot of other guys at low salaries because of all of this COVID stuff pick up a bunch of ownership, I think that's just a spot where you can kind of pivot and hope for the best in those minutes. Maybe he lucks into a couple steals, particularly on Fanduel, where there were three instead of two. Um, It's never going to be fun. It's not going to be sexy at all, but it's a guy that I'm looking at. And then I'll probably have uh, more Larry Nance than I want to, which seems to happen every night. But maybe I can mute that a little bit more today. Again, just playing monster minutes 38 yesterday, almost 40 um, in the previous game. How do you think – or how are you seeing the impact to Damian Dotson if Sexton is back? He's 5,200 on FanDuel, uh, 5K on DraftKings. I think the salary is just too high, and he probably has a reduced role. But if Sexton is out again, is there any way that you're getting to Dotson?
1: Probably not. Um, It's like because Sexton, we haven't had that news with enough time that even play Dotson the nights he started. Um, As you mentioned – He was scratched after a lock last game and then two minutes before lock in a previous one. So um, that's been kind of a drag, but Dotson's seen his price go way up. And it looks like he he has pretty good assist numbers, at least with uh, Garland and Sexton off the court when he's playing point guard, but still not like a great fantasy player. So uh, the price being up is just making me look elsewhere.
0: Anything else for
1: Jazz Cavs? Um, no. This one definitely tune in. This one's going to be one of the best NBA games
0: of the year. I wouldn't. If you like, I there's no chance that I would ever turn this game on. <laughs> <laughs> It would have to be the late night hammer. And right now it is not. So goodbye to this game. I don't even know what it's going to be. I wouldn't even put this on league pass. Today's <laughs> schedule uh, for the awesome.com YouTube channel. Uh, by the way, hit that like button, 800 of you in here. We need to run that number up uh, at two thirty Eastern time, the PGA strategy show, Ben Raza, Tim Frank, breaking down the Sony open. Um, those guys are back and I will be the man behind the virtual glass. No Jordan Klein on that one. He is unnecessary for that show. We go. They get the real goods when it comes to production. Uh, then at 5 p.m., keep your eyes peeled. If we lose that heat game, it'll be a little bit later. 5 p.m. NBA deeper dive. Laffy and Adam going through every game again. You guys know the drill there. And then 6 p.m. NBA live before lock. Chris bags. I have Terry written here. Is that right? No, it's 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 Greg, right? Yeah, it's Greg. Let me let me go ahead and update my own run sheet uh these spags and greg breaking everything down for that final hour up until lock and then stick around once things lock at 7 p.m they aren't going anywhere they are staying on stream for another 30 minutes to talk a little bit about jock market it's going to be we're going to be doing some extended live before locks coming up in the near future this will be the first one all righty lakers at the Houston Rockets. Rockets, five and a half point dogs at home, 223 total. Uh, by all accounts, everything seems fine for the Lakers, except for Wes Matthews being out. Uh, that's not all that interesting from a DFS perspective for Wes Matthews, but it does bump up the minutes to. Um, uh like KCP's minutes are going to be firm now now that he's working his way back from an injury that Caruso probably sees a firm 20 although I'll let you talk about Caruso's minutes (laughs) a little bit further you would know Taylor Horton Tucker firms up his spot in the rotation then on the Houston side John Wall questionable with a migraine Eric Gordon questionable with a something leg I don't know definitely questionable best I can do on the LA side uh this is a three horse race for me it's Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder pulling the most ownership on FanDuel, the least on DK. I think I prefer Anthony Davis most for FanDuel and for DraftKings, but talk to me a little bit about this Lakers team. Are you seeing anything that I'm missing, and uh, who do you like at the top end?
1: Well, LeBron and AD are questionable, which, (laughs) I mean, they've been questionable every single game, so – we can't really anticipate them being out at this point, but if they were, that would be a slight changer. So that will be something to keep an eye out for that would make everyone look more appealing. But uh, the way it is right now, I think O'Brien and 10K on DraftKings and FanDuel, AD, a little bit cheaper. Those, I mean, they're always good guys to soak up a ton of salary to, to get in some of the values. So I'll, I'll have some of them to fill that role. And then Schroeder, uh, FanDuel, as you mentioned, the price is good. He's been playing average of 33 minutes recently, and his usage and assists have been pretty impressive uh, playing on a, in the starting lineup with LeBron, so I like that call.
0: Will you be rostering yourself today?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, Crusoe, uh, he's fun to watch, but for fantasy, he doesn't really do that much, I hate to say.
0: <laughs> or is is that like uh are you even allowed to roster him or is that like when uh writers won't talk about who they're voting for because they have the rookie of the year vote like are you just are you just barred from that?
1: Well, I'm trying to to make everyone look elsewhere so I can roster him and get the advantage.
0: Do you know if you've won a GPP with him or like even because <laughs> of him? Well, I think uh, in the playoffs for sure. Okay. I mean, obviously you've won a GPP with him because <laughs> Well, you know, um, but I can't I can't picture anything where it was just like, oh, yeah, Caruso went crazy and Alex (laughs) shipped the the 100K. All right. On the Houston side, uh, as of right now, I'm just going to assume that John Wall and Eric Gordon are playing. If they aren't, I think that's a pretty big impact to the rest of Houston. That's just a lot of minutes that we'll have to get filled. Uh, But for right now. I think Harden looks properly owned on Fanduel at 10-4. Uh, DraftKings at 10-8 is a pretty healthy mark. I mean, no one on the Houston team is projected for more than 8% ownership on DraftKings, and I think that that is completely warranted. On the Fanduel side, I think it's easier to get to Harden or Wood, a little bit of John Wall. Uh, what do you want to do with Houston? I think this is a really tricky team from a fantasy perspective.
1: Yeah, I think uh, these injuries are going to be key because John Wall, if he's out, I think Harden his his usage rate has been down a ton this year. These just have been up, but if Wall is out, Harden will have to do more. So I think that would be put him into play. Where with the usage down so much, I don't know if I can stomach the price tags on the sides today. Yeah, um, yeah it looks like maybe they priced everyone up in this game because of the questionables. So no one's really jumping out as a great play, but Christian Wood. Uh he's another guy where like the usage has been surprisingly high, even with Harden playing. So he's at twenty-seven percent on the year, gets a ton of rebounds, uh, but the price isn't anything that's making me really love him or hate him. So uh are you seeing any guys on the heat that you're really looking to as core pieces?
0: I assume you mean the Rockets, so I'll keep talking oh, sorry. about Houston. Yeah. <laughs> you're, good. you're good. No, not really. Um, Harden on FanDuel just because of having to have uh, two at every position on a five-game slate. Like, there's no way that you're just thinking, I can't get I, – like, I don't want James Harden today. That's not how this life is going to work for me. So, I like him the most of anything on Houston, but it's I don't think that he is some – Overwhelmingly smashed spot type play like he has been in the past. Although I think that it's going to get progressively better for Harden when he sort of plays off some of his uh, off season strip club weight. Uh, things are going to look a lot better uh, for Mr. Uh, Jimbo Slice, which is honestly a, whoever came up with that fantastic nickname um Christian Wood again fine R- really this is all going to hinge on John Wall if John Wall ends up out I think James Harden and Christian Wood are going to end up looking really nice and uh potential I don't know I don't think anybody else really shows up as a guy that I would like like to have um who benefits most if John Wall is ruled out from a minutes perspective not necessarily from a DFS perspective who do you for think minutes. soaks up that 34
1: for minutes I think Eric Gordon would probably benefit the most he is a pretty high usage guy as well. So I don't know if that would change the usage a ton in the starting lineup, but he doesn't really facilitate. So that bump up hardens numbers. And in addition, in addition when the bench comes in, it's going to be a lower usage guys filling those minutes. So I think you'd see more Sterling Brown, Jay Sean Tate, and Nawabla. So, and maybe a little bit of Macklemore. But I don't expect to see any new faces if it falls
0: out. Perfect all right let's keep it moving about 15 minutes ago until we get out of here 853 concurrent viewers 161 likes unacceptable let's run that number north of 200 and then don't be don't be afraid to subscribe to the channel we're still looking to get to fifty thousand subscribers by the super bowl that is the goal and we can only do that if you guys subscribe you don't want to miss our shows we have shows constantly throughout the day why would you want to miss something like that they're essential viewing in the dfs industry This one I'm excited to talk about because there's a ton to talk about. The San Antonio Spurs at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder, two-and-a-half-point dogs at home, 217 total. The Spurs are without DeMar DeRozan, um, which changes the entire outlook of the San Antonio Spurs. Derek White also still out, but that one's not as surprising. I'm just throwing it to you right out of the gate. This is the team that's picking up the most ownership as far as I can tell on FanDuel. And uh, I agree with all of it. I even want more of these guys. Aldridge looks amazing when DeRozan is off the floor. Deshante Murray looks amazing when DeRozan is off the floor. Uh, Keldon Johnson scares me, but I'm still going to get there. Trey Lyles played Tons of minutes in their last game. He's 3,600 on FanDuel. He's 3,300 on DK. I think he's an excellent value. Lonnie Walker, Patty Mills, so many dudes available today. Talk to me about what stands out most to you from the San Antonio Spurs.
1: Yeah, I think DeRozan being out and then the match versus Oklahoma City, who is probably one of the league's worst teams right now. Um, I mean, those are going to make these guys really pop as great plays. So, Uh, We saw Trey Lyles enter the starting lineup last game, played a ridiculous amount of minutes uh, after not even being in the rotation. So I do expect them to stick with that lineup today when Darius Baisley is playing power forward on the other end and he plays big. Um, So I think Trey Lyles, he didn't see his price go up. I think he's solid, even though he didn't really do a whole lot the last game. But uh. Well, Marcus Aldridge saw a ton of extra minutes. DeJounte Murray got a minutes bump. Keldon Johnson seemed to get a minutes bump. And um, part of this was because Devin Vassell was injured partway through the game, I guess, so that kind of threw off the rotation. But uh, all these guys seemed to be benefiting a ton from Duros and being out.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know where to limit my Spurs, but I love these main starting guys: Aldridge, um, Murray, and Trey Lyles in particular. If as long as Lyles stays in that starting uh, rotation, those guys are going to feature pretty heavily in my FanDuel construction. Is there a guy you like the most on the Spurs?
1: Um, I I think I feel the most confident in Dejounte Murray. I'd say because. Okay. Um, DeRozan is the main facilitator of this team, so you're going to have to see other guys get those assists. I feel like DeJounte Murray uh, is going to be more heavily relied on, and the minutes bump made me feel more confident that he won't get popped.
0: Okay, there we go. I'm a little like there's the only thing that's giving me pause is uh, I think that the Thunder D is actually solid. They are eighth in the league in defensive ratings so far this season. And that's going to happen when you've got Dort out there, when you've got Al Horford at center. Al Horford's still a fantastic defensive player, one of the smartest guys in the league from a defensive standpoint. So the defense is there. That gives me mild pause, but I think that uh, it's not anything that I'm going to worry about too much. I would be shocked if the San Antonio Spurs are not the most don't have the most exposure for me when I make my lineups tonight. Nice. It, it just all looks pretty good. Definitely. I'm sure Rudy Gay will play 30 minutes now because I had him in the last game because uh, <laughs> that didn't work out well. But then we move on over to the Oklahoma City side. Uh, Shea picking up ownership on both sides, no surprise there. George Hill, pretty chalky on Fanduel, a little bit of ownership on DraftKings. Uh, you see Horford and Dort getting some love on Fanduel as well. Um, I've been playing a ton of Shea so far this season. The usage rate is slowly coming back down. It was really massive over those first couple of games, but even still 8,500 for Shea, 8K on DraftKings as the guy that's running everything for the Thunder. He's the guy that I like the most bar none. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on Shea. And then if you like anything else from Oklahoma city.
1: I think Shea is really taking a leap forward this year. Um, The usage and assist rate have been way up this year, as you'd expect when those Chris Pauls. So, um, even the minutes seem to be up. They, of course, disappointed in their first few games with getting blown out a ton of times. But uh, recently, these guys have been pretty good for fantasy. So, I I also am feeling some Shea. And uh, the other guys look pretty good, too. Horford has seen his usage come way up, which uh, at the start of the season – uh, it was like at a, at a really, really low rate, but over the last five games, he's been at 23% usage, and then he's been rebounding a ton uh, for this team, being the center. So, I'm kind of intrigued there, but uh, the minutes seem to be a little shaky, so um, any love for the other Thunder guys?
0: I think Horford's fine. He's like a 10 to 15% guy. That's where his ownership is. So I assume I have some shares there. Uh, I think Lou Dort for 4,300 on FanDuel, um, just because of the way the positions are broken up today, I I think is a a decent value as a guy that you can be pretty confident is going to play 30 minutes or at least somewhere in that neighborhood. Diallo went crazy. I don't know if it was the last game or two games ago. He's 5,500 on FanDuel, not picking up any ownership. I'm not, Expecting him to go crazy again in relatively limited minutes. I've got him in for 23 right now. You and I have the exact same projection on Hamadou Diallo, 22.6. So that's that's also fun. Uh, th- this is mostly just Shea for me. If I get to a little bit of Dort, a little bit of Horford, that's fine. I'm surprised to see George Hill at 22-plus percent ownership on FanDuel. I don't necessarily think that I want that much George Hill, um, but I do understand why it's happening. Just playing a very different role this year than he has been in the past, much more of a part of the rotation than sort of the backup role that he had been playing for Milwaukee over the past year and a half. Yeah. um,
1: One, I guess we got to talk about Diallo because he's been blowing up so much, but last game he did only play 24 minutes when he scored 25 points. So Like that, that seems unsustainable, but he is cutting into Lou Dort's minutes. Dort only played 25, so there seems to be a negative correlation there. So maybe don't, uh, I don't think I'd play Diallo, but um, because Dort is pretty solid and they do rely on him a lot, so that's where I'm standing. Anything else for Spurs Thunder? Nope, I think this one's a, a good fantasy one, but. Not,
0: not as good a real-life one, I'd say. I would agree. And then we get to the finale. Late-night hammer. Indiana Pacers, Golden State Warriors. Warriors, slight favorites, actually. 226.5 total. I uh, will start on the Indiana side. Um, I'm curious, are you expecting Victor Oladipo to play today? They are on a back-to-back, and he did previously sit out the back-to-back. I have not seen any official word yet.
1: Yeah, they did. I think there was some talk of him sitting out this game. Uh, from what I understand, he's doubtful to play. Yeah. Um. I, I don't think he'll sit out every back-to-back, but they, they did make it sound like he is sitting out today, which what I'd expect after Justin Holliday entered the starting lineup last night, played big minutes, you expect he's probably going to start again, and then maybe Aaron Holliday also gets to start. At the shooting guard position, so um, yeah, those those guys look like decent values. Uh, like I, I don't think the guys they're bringing in behind Old Depot, like Edmund, Summer, and Cassie Stanley, are really fantasy factors. So okay. it, it should benefit the the main rotation guys.
0: Boy, does it ever. DeMontis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon with Victor Oladipo off the floor both see massive increases in their rates. Uh, Sabonis, heavy chalk. Brogdon pretty owned on FanDuel at Uh, 8,600 on DraftKings, kind of keeping his ownership in check. I love both of these guys. I really like Brogdon on DraftKings in particular. Uh, I think he is a bit light from an ownership standpoint, I would like to get a lot of Indiana. I'm happy to get miles Turner, uh, Justin holiday for 4,500 on FanDuel, just because of the position uh, picking up some ownership. I think that is more than warranted. Aaron holiday is the flat minimum on FanDuel 3,300 on DraftKings. Is that a spot to go for value today when value seems to be concentrated in other spots?
1: Yeah, I think how Aaron holiday is a solid value at 3,300 and the men on FanDuel, now, this guy, uh, he performs well in fantasy as a point guard. That's not really the role that he's been utilized, but I expect with Brogdon out, he will be running the point guard a little bit today. Because um, I don't, I know they have Edmund Summer, Sumner, but I don't think he's typically um, used as a, I guess he's a point guard, but I feel like he's often playing the wing. So, um i think aaron holiday should see his rates increase a little bit because of mcconnell being out but his permanent numbers this year have been pretty disappointing so uh i mean it's one of those guys where like it's so hard to find a 3300 guy that's gonna play 30 minutes in the nba these days so are you gonna land on a lot of holiday
0: yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I'll have both of them. Um, I'm hoping Aaron Holiday's ownership stays relatively low, at least on FanDuel, uh, but I, I'm having trouble getting away from these Indiana guys just because it really opens up a lot of additional usage, scoring, etc., with Oladipo not being on the floor. But Sabonis and Brogdon, the clear stars, Justin Holiday on FanDuel just because of the price uh, joins that trio. I don't love Justin Holiday as much on DraftKings. Um, but he still looks great to me. Like He's not a guy that I don't want to have or anything. Sabonis and Brogdon have a chance to put up like truly elite fantasy numbers, even at their prices. So I'm happy to get both of those guys. On the Golden State side, this one's kind of easy. I mean, they play like 12 guys, 12 minutes a piece. And then you've got Curry, Green, Wiggins, and Oubre as the guys that are actually getting the big time. Steph Curry, Steph Curry. I don't have much to add. He's 25% owned, and I think that is completely correct. I will inevitably play more Andrew Wiggins than I want. That is always not fun because he's Andrew Wiggins. Kind of the same story for Kelly Oubre. Both of those guys getting a little bit of love on FanDuel too. Does anything stand out to to you from the Warriors? Uh, To me, these guys are just mostly like properly priced. Yeah, I think uh, pretty
1: fair uh, pricing. So Curry, I mean, he's been getting more minutes lately and as you'd expect, the usage and assist rate is high on the team as it stands today. So he looks like a nice play. Wiggins and Oubre have been decent, although Ubre has seen his minutes fall due to poor performance. Yeah. But we're not as worried about that in fantasy because if he has a bad game, you're not going to win. You need a good game, and then the minutes should be there if he's playing well, so... um the one guy that seems to be getting pinched out of the rotation with green back is Wiseman. He's only averaged 18 minutes a game, but also I'm kind of wondering if he's having a big game, will he get more runs? So I'm a little bit intrigued as a, so, uh, a guy that I'll be very low
0: on. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been good so far, you know, one fancy point per minute guy for me uh, on FanDuel. I don't have a ton of interest just because of, you know, only one center, but on DraftKings, I think he opens up a little bit as a, you know, low own. maybe that's the guy that gets you there in a GPP if things are cooking. But yeah, I don't know. Golden State's just kind of uneventful at this point. Uh, they need some sort of change to try to open up another guy. Otherwise, I think we're going to get pretty stagnant with the Warriors. Yeah. I don't have anything else here. Yeah, the weird thing with the Warriors
1: is they run an 11-man rotation, so that really kind of stinks for fantasy for freaking Andy
0: bench guys. It really does. Anything else for Indiana, Golden State, or for the slate as a whole? We are up against the 11 o'clock mark. Not that we have anything behind us.
1: Yeah, I think this one's a good one. Uh, it will be a lot different on DraftKings or FanDuel with this Miami-Philly game being one of the big targets on DraftKings. So that will be a fun one with uh, some games that we don't normally roster. But then um, – on um, FanDuel, I think uh, we called it like that Spurs uh, Oklahoma City game. It feels like that, in addition to the Indiana a team without uh, Victor Oladipo, most likely, those seem like the spots to go tonight.
0: Well, everybody, that is it. Five games up on FanDuel, six games up on DraftKings, and they're all down now. We've gone through everything. Thank you so much for joining us. 900-plus people, 218 likes. Don't be afraid to hit that thumbs up as you head out. Again, PGA Strategy Show at 2.30 deeper dive at five live before lock at six plus the extra half hour for jock market so stay tuned for that and keep your eyes peeled follow el negro loco on twitter so you don't miss any nba news that's el negro loco underscore dfs i think Uh, i don't want to be wrong now let me double check i'm right i'm right el negro loco underscore dfs follow it alex thank you good luck everybody we'll be back again tomorrow morning 10 gamer buckle up